We're building this city one day at a time. Welcome to Grow Lincoln, the program with Lincoln's future in mind. Your hosts are former Lincoln City Councilwoman Robin Eshelman and Dave Albers, two experts in the field of commercial real estate and business development. Now, it's time to Grow Lincoln on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Lincoln weather this upcoming week, spring, until about Wednesday, when the wet stuff might turn snowy, but then back up to the 60s by the end of the work week. This segment is possible today because of Lincoln Electric System, Sarder Heyman Jewelry, and Charter Title. Coming up on the show, from chemistry to Chamber of Commerce, we'll talk to our new president of the chamber, Jason Ball. Things that add value to your home and things that don't. We're going to talk with Andrea Schneider of Remax Concepts about these items. Planning Commission Rich Rodenberg will be in to tell us about the newest edges of Lincoln where growth is occurring. Well, Robin, why don't we uh, talk to the new Chamber President, Jason Ball. Sometimes when we have an interview with a guest and find out what he or she did in a previous career or held as a college major, it's so different than what they're doing now. Um, and so then the subplot becomes as interesting as what we actually <laughs> called them in to interview them about. And that is the case with our guest today, Jason Ball, the new Chamber of Commerce president. How are you doing today? I am fantastic. Thank you so much for having me here. Well, good. Like I was, like I was saying, your college degree was chemistry at Nebraska yes. Wesleyan University Westland, right yeah. here in town. So when you were a little kid growing up, did you know that you wanted to be a chemist or a Chamber of Commerce director? Absolutely not. Neither. <laughs> Were you no. going to be a fireman or what? I Well, for a while I told my father I was going to play football at NU and oh. then go on to be a professional football player. And, wow. yeah. and I'm, I'm not tall enough for that, so yeah. isn't talented that what, enough for isn't it. Isn't that what every kid thinks when they're yep. younger? I'm going to uh, be a my, professional my, athlete. My father in his wisdom said, well, that's nice, but you should also think about a career as a backup, Jason. So yeah. that's that's what I did. And, and uh, to answer your question, Robin, no, uh, it, it really never occurred to me for either of those careers. Later in high school, I had a great science teacher, great math teacher, uh, fell in love with the sciences, and that's really what I showed up at Wesleyan to do. Uh, but at Wesleyan, as I was taking all those courses, I got very involved in uh, fraternity leadership, leadership development programs mm. through the fraternity um, got engaged in some public speaking groups and just really got exposed to some other things like kids do at college. And um, by the time I graduated, just really felt like uh, there was a, a different direction for me. Went back, got an MBA, bopped around a couple uh, university offices, and, uh, and I was working there when the chamber recruited me to do economic development uh, several years ago now in 2008. Um, to, to help with university relations, startup community. Uh, I knew the bankers in town from some of the things I had been doing. So um, it, it was great. I got exposed to all this wonderful stuff in economic development, later tourism and policy, and just I fell in love with the work so much so that I wanted to, to, to be the CEO of my own shop, and that's what I've done since. Well, I, you know, and so I'm listening to this and thinking, okay, so what is the, the strand between chemistry and some of the things that you do now. But, you know, a lot of people look at some of the, the studying that you have to do about the workforce and the numbers and the data as a science. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's helping people solve problems. Chemistry yeah, right. is its most effective when it's improving people's lives. And you can give examples uh, like modern medicines 
or or modern fertilizers that help us produce more food out of the same acre of ground and and that's very much the the approach i think i bring i hope to bring to the the chamber is a service model of we're here to help businesses solve problems we're here to help policymakers uh solve issues well you were as you mentioned uh at the chamber a, a while ago about a decade ago and then and then left and came back and you know, you've seen some things in some other cities. Why don't you talk a little bit about that and how you think you may want to implement some of those ideas in Lincoln? Yeah, so I, I, when I lived in Lincoln, I was very happy here. But at the same time, that was my first chamber I ever worked at. So I did not know how good I had it. Since leaving, <laughs> uh, I just oh. want to share with your audience, uh, the Lincoln Chamber has a fantastic reputation nationally amongst the the U.S. Chamber and ACCE circles and even other organizations look to us for how to do things better. Um, You know, that said, you always pick up good ideas from from other places you've been. I'd like to initiate some expanded, uh, say, policymaker and business tours uh, to help people just kind of bridge those gaps or or learn about what uh, business and policy is, is doing together and how they can help each other. Um, uh, how do, how can we expand and accelerate site development uh, to be ready for new projects right. and develop mega sites? That's something we're talking about with ARPA funding right now. So have have taken a lot of those lessons that I think we can apply here. Higher education has obviously become more expensive and has even taken some punches in the nose from the pandemic. Um, from people that think the cost is too high, and even Nebraskans who complain that an elite education system is maybe at cross purposes with their values, um, as that those divisions become deeper, how do you navigate the nuances of this? In you know, this is a college town, but it's also a city and state that have a lot of skilled workers or workforce members that do not necessarily yeah. have a college education. Yeah. So I, I guess I'll start with saying I think this is, is actually easy. This is the easy part of it um, because all work has value. Yeah. And, and the focus of our program has been and will continue to be pathways. Um, I, I was never cut out for, say, a career in, in the construction industry. I have no talent for it. I'm bad at it. I'm, I'm bad with you know, creating things w- uh, with my hands. Um, and, and so I just don't, did not have that skill, but for folks that do have those skill sets naturally or those interests nat- naturally, we need to have pathways uh, for them in and whether that's through uh, other post-secondary education opportunities or, uh, uh, jumping directly into the workforce, say after, uh, uh, completing their, their high school career. Great. This community needs them. And at the same time, uh, uh, we need to work with uh, Southeast Community College, Nebraska Wesleyan University, of Nebraska, all of our post-secondary right. uh, education institutions, because that is a major driver of, work, of workforce as well. So it all has value um, if you're ready to roll up your sleeves and show up on time and work hard and, and earn a living. This community is going to celebrate that and work with you. Yeah. Well, I've got another question for you, uh, and this is uh, since you were away. What about Lincoln's growth most surprised you since you came back? Yeah, um, here is where I will say, so as I was leaving, just for folks' context, the the Pinnacle Bank Arena had almost been completed, but not quite. Right. I got to go in it for the first time uh, just recently. Uh, It was the first time I've been back to to actually go in and enjoy that facility. Oh, so you had not been inside. 
And so a lot has changed. Um, I was shocked to find out the South Beltway not only had been uh, agreed where it was going to go, but it's almost done. I think this is wonderful. Yeah. And, and I will never forget when I was getting my tour around town with Wendy Birdsall, my longtime predecessor in this role, um, and she drives me up Antelope Valley on the east side of the, the university and into the Telegraph District. I said, this is amazing. I don't <laughs> recognize any of it. Yeah. It, it's been so cool to see how that developed. And, and I think it's a testament to, um, you know, going back to when we were thinking about making those massive investments in Antelope Valley and other, and other big projects at that time. And people were, understandably, they had some questions. But now we can see that, that those investments have paid off through further investment, further development, further growth of the community in amazing ways. And it's, it's been woven into the fabric of what Lincoln is now. Have you signed up any new chamber members recently? Yes, we have. And I got the numbers <laughs> on my way out These the door. These are always fun to hear. They are. Yeah. Um, so, I, and I'll highlight a couple if I can. So, so right now we have uh, 1,274 members of the Chamber of Commerce. And we are, are proud of each and every one of them. Um, it, it, year to date so far, 20 of those are new members. We've signed up uh, 20 new members. And, and they're, they're so divergent when you just pick out a few of them. Butterfly Bakery, right? Custom yeah. pastries and, and cakes, a small business, woman-owned business. Love love that they have joined the chamber. Um, Eleanor Creative, they do brand branding, marketing, social media strategy. Uh, Erickson Sullivan Architects, so the, you know, the high-skilled architecture uh, uh, market. And then even Healthy Blue Nebraska, which is sort of a subsidiary of Blue Cross Blue Shield of the statewide organization. Uh, has uh, set up a new, spun up a new operation here in Lincoln, and then joined the chamber here recently. Okay. And do you keep do you do you put those online somewhere or on social media when they join, so that people can see who your new members are? Yep. So I I believe, and my folks will correct me if I get this wrong, but I believe we we do a social media post every time do. someone joins, yeah. and then you can see our whole member registry uh, fairly easily if you go to our, our website at lcoc dot com Lincoln Chamber. Yeah, of I know it's either Facebook or LinkedIn because yeah. I've seen it. So well, thanks a lot. That was Thank Jason you. Ball from the University. Or from University of Nebraska. Man, yeah. Lincoln Chamber of Commerce. <laughs> Chamber of Commerce. I'll, I'll step in for you <laughs> here, Robin. I started to announce my sponsors there, <laughs> but he is one of those. Um, the Chamber and, and the University make it possible for our show yeah. to be on the air, and we really appreciate what you do. Well, we look forward to getting to know you more, and good luck with, uh, with your news stint as president of the Chamber. Thank you so much. I look forward to talking with you again. Thanks again. Coming up next, some home remodeling pays off and some doesn't. We'll talk to Andrea Schneider. It's Grow Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Send an announcement to us on Facebook or Twitter about your business opening, closing, or relocating. Provide us with your new address, an approximate date of move-in, and one-sentence elevator pitch about what you do. This segment is possible today because of Nebraska Green Sorghum Board and Remax Concepts. Speaking of Remax Concepts, oh, uh, we have we have, have Remax them Concepts here for you. Yes, we do. Welcome to the show, Andrea Schneider. How are you doing today? Doing great. We wanted to talk to you about these things that we read about or see on home improvement shows. Um, and I wonder if they necessarily apply to our particular part of the country, our particular city. 
Um, but when we remodel or add home improvements, sometimes they they put up on the screen added this much value to the house. <laughs> yes. So I was Andrea. Wa- <laughs> I, 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 Andrea's uh, laughing uh, gently here because, and I know why. Yes. Yeah. Well. Yes, of course, that number is subjective. And, and you have to go into a specific market, and it's going to be different across the country. Right. So, you know, maybe a little caution when you're watching those shows and jumping into your projects. But, you know, we definitely see where projects are going to add value to your home. They're also going to um, make your house sell a little bit quicker. So, you know, those houses where we're seeing 20 offers and they're selling in the first four four hours on the market – um, well, sometimes it's just because it's a house for sale right now. But as a, the market normalizes, those houses that have been updated with the trendy colors, the trendy tile, um, you know, sometimes just some really simple p- sweep of the brush is going to add you a significant amount of value updating that flooring. Uh, now, traditionally, we would have said a new kitchen is going to get you back 80%. So you put 40000 in, you're getting 80% of that back when you go to sell your house. I would say in the current condition in the market, those kitchens and those bathrooms are making a significant impact on how much you're going over list price. Uh, There are also, though, creative ways to do that. You don't have to do what they do on HGTV and knock out walls and bring in all new cabinets. You know, it might be as simple as painting your oak oak cabinets gray. Uh, Those things are definitely having an impact on marketability um, and again, I think as our market normalizes a little bit, we'll start to have those conversations again. Uh, right now, I think you could pretty much put anything on the market as is. It's going to sell because the market's what it is. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So maybe some of these things that a few years ago you worried about getting your money back, everything from roof and heating and air conditioning system you know it's like well i'm i'm not going to get more money for that i'm just lucky to get money if i yes. if i do those things and then some of those extras like like um solar panels or a backyard patio or a sunroom or things like that how how is that playing into the mix you know if somebody put that in do they need to own the house for a few years to mm-hmm. get the money out of that or well, uh, you know, a roof I would set aside. A roof's kind of a big deal because sometimes an insurance company won't insure the house if the roof has damage or is a certain number of years old, talking 30 or 40 years old. You may not even be able to get insurance. So sometimes that's just a home maintenance thing. You're going to have to suck it up and realize that's part of owning a home and part of selling a home and also a risk when you buy a home. So yeah. set the roof to the side maybe, but, you know, you get into solar panels or geothermal, uh, things like that. Um, we are not at a place here in Nebraska where I think people are jumping and paying more for those types of products. They are definitely way more lured by the shiny, pretty objects in the house. Uh, so I would say that if you're going to do those projects, you're doing it for yourself. You're doing it for your own benefit and your own use and your own, hopefully, you know, an ad- advantage financially too in the long term with geothermal and some of those things. So you, basically you think that uh, some of these answers are going to change if the market kind of gets back to normal and slows down a little bit. Or I think, for so. instance, yep. we have an energy crisis, maybe or something like that. that. Sure. Yeah, but you know, a geothermal pump and dump system on a um, an acreage not a cheap endeavor either. No. And and you have to look at the math on that and how long that's going to take. And obviously, if your value set is I care about this, then you're going to do it. However. That doesn't mean the next buyer is going to have those same values. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, they, they get a benefit from something that you took the hit on, of course, right. as well. But what has been the response of your buyers this week to the increased in, um, interest rate announcement? Or were they all expecting it? No surprise. And did it make any difference? Yeah, you know, I, I think thankfully, there have been small incremental jumps. Um, I definitely had a few extra phone calls this week about locking rates on new construction. We're talking about 90 day locks or potentially longer and paying a little bit of a fee. Um, you know, my, my home buyers who want a house, they just want a house and they're going to continue to press forward on that existing market. And when the house comes on, they're going to write an offer and they're going to buy it. And probably that quarter percent change isn't going to have a huge impact at the end of the day. Right. Um, you know, we know it's going somewhere. We just don't know where yet. So I think everybody's proceeding with caution. Well, hey, everybody wants to know the stats with the home uh, sales. And I've heard a couple of them. I want to hear them from you now. <laughs> Kind of the same old story um, with all homes for sale on the market right now, including new construction specs that may not even be built. We're probably at about 220 existing homes, meaning homes that are move in ready, you know, more than a year old. 82. Oh, my God. Yeah. On the market. I, I was going to say oh I heard gosh. under 100. Yes. Yeah. Yep. That's what you need. What, 10 times that much for a normal market. Um, yeah, I would say we'd like to see 800 houses on the market. Yeah. Right. And that would then, be a nice, healthy market. Yeah. And then maybe a couple hundred construction if you yeah. could. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's just crazy. How do buyers contact you? Uh, they can reach out to me, phone or text, 402-429-9300. Thanks a lot, Andrea. That, Thank that you. That was sure interesting. Boy, yeah. how things have changed. And they'll change again. And they'll change again. Sure will. <laughs> Coming up next, Roger Frank will be talking about the markets and inflation, which is something we're all wondering about. We'll be right back. Everyone is excited about new business, and our business is to tell you what's new. This is Grow Lincoln on 1499.3 KLIN. Robin and Dave, your hosts on the weekend. We're here to help you navigate through commercial building, rent and sale prices, interest rate heights. Heights. Hikes. <laughs> construction <laughs> delays, housing shortages, governmental regulation, and coworkers on flex time who work remotely but text you during Netflix. Robin, you scared me there when you talked about interest rate heights. Uh, well, I, I, I heights don't want... and hikes are the same thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm going how, uh, where are we going to go here, huh? Uh, this segment is possible today because of Christensen Hearing Analytics, Lincoln Airport Authority, and Service Master Professional Building Maintenance. Our guest this segment thought we would never get to him. It's Roger Frank from <laughs> Frank Financial Concepts. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. How about you too? Pretty good. Yep. Hey, you know, uh, just to lead in with those hikes, uh, the Federal Reserve certainly met this week. Uh, they did raise rates by a quarter point uh, on Wednesday. That uh, was pretty well expected. Uh, markets, the markets did pretty well this week, really. I mean, uh, for the most part, it was up this week, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Uh, so overall, the markets uh, is certainly on the uptrend uh, uh, this week. You have talked about inflation, and this past week you did research about, I think you said the 16 highest inflation years within yeah. the last 100. So yeah, 16 you know, years of super high yeah. inflation. Well, a lot of people remember the late 70s and the early 80s uh, when we had high inflation. Uh, but really, the standard Porsche 500 uh, in that 16-year period that had been up eight of those years, 
and down of eight those of those years. It was just kind of split. The average return of the index for those 16 years is a whopping 3.9%. However, it was positive. And we have a lot of uh, this year left. So really, you know, we'll have to kind of see where the market goes. You know, Roger, when people hear about inflation, I think a lot of people think about gas prices. But really, uh, employee pay has been going up for quite a while. Yeah, it really has. Uh, You know, there's a shortage of uh, workers, and a lot of companies are really struggling to find those employees. So they've had to pay more. Uh, That could be in hourly wage. That could be in uh, bonuses or sign-up bonuses. Uh, could be other perks, uh, whatever the case is, to attract those new employees. But as of February 28th of this year, the private sector was paying an average hourly wage of about $31.58. That's up 5.1% on a year-over-year basis. And if you look back about 10 years earlier, the average wage was about $23.27. So that's quite an increase over the last 10 years. I hear from employers who complain that a lot of people are getting out of the job market completely and they won't come back to work. But yet I also hear from the state of Nebraska that it has record low unemployment claims. So what's going on here? Yeah, yeah you know, and I could be wrong with this, but I thought I'd heard one time that there's actually more job openings than there's people on unemployment currently. Uh, but just to kind of add on to that, you know, some of the numbers of Americans with full-time jobs, that peaked on February 29th of 2020. That's right before the pandemic. And that peaked at about 152.5 million employees. The jobs fell to about 130.5 million uh, at the end of April of 2020 during the pandemic and has been slowly climbing back over the last couple of years. And currently it's about 154 so we got a little bit ways to get back to the peak uh, job numbers, but we're getting a lot closer. Yeah. Well, talking about oil prices, you know, they when they go up, we we worry about them, and we we're happy when they go back down. But what's what's happening yeah. with oil prices this week? Well, good news is oil prices have gone down this week. Uh, we've uh, certainly been listening on the news how uh, crude oil prices have really exploded upwards. Um, now this week. As I mentioned, they did drop. It dropped to uh, under under $100 a barrel for a little while, but I believe it ended up just slightly over $100 a barrel by the end of the week. And if you go back uh, and look at some of the history, the price of West Texas Intermediate Crude reached its highest level ever on July of 2008, and that was about $147 a barrel. Currently, the West uh, Texas Crude high was about $123 and 70 cents a barrel, and that was on March 8th of this year. Hmm. Well, you want to kind of give us a wrap-up of this week? Yeah, absolutely. You know, as I mentioned, uh, we've, we've actually had a pretty positive week, so the numbers look a lot better than what we mentioned last week. Uh, the Dow Jones is down about 5.1%. The standard employees, uh, excuse me, the standard in pours 500 is down about 7.5%, and the NASDAQ composite is down 12.98% for the year. So much better numbers than what we were last week. Well, thanks a lot, Roger, for Thank joining you. us this week. You're welcome. Have a good rest of the weekend. Coming Thank up. Thank you, you too. Yeah. Roger Frank is a registered representative of and securities offered through Berthel Fisher & Company Financial Services, Inc., BFC. 
CFS member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through BFC Planning, Inc. Frank Financial Concepts, BFCFS, and BFC Planning, Inc. are independent entities. Coming up next, Rich Rodenberg will be in talking about growth to the edge of the city. We'll be right back. Economic development is not boring. It's our future. It's Grow Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. For over a decade, Grow Lincoln has been the economic development show that tracks businesses opening, closing, and moving around Lincoln, including breaking news about new restaurants on Facebook and Twitter. This segment is possible today because of John Henry's Plumbing, Lincoln Chamber of Commerce, and Baylor Evnen Law Firm. Growth to the Edge, we wanted to reach out to Rich Rodenberg um, about where Lincoln is growing. He is on the Planning Commission, and he's also a realtor. Welcome to the show, Rich. Well, thank you, Robin. I am uh, excited. Well, I've only been a a commissioner on the Planning Commission uh, for, uh, oh, about six sessions now, uh, less than half a year. yeah, Lincoln is growing, and what is amazing me is the number of apartment complexes that are being proposed uh, around the edges of town, mostly out east. Uh, thousands of uh, units are ready to sprout up. Yeah, I mean, I think they'll be phased in, Rich. But, but yeah, the ability to build those is... Uh, popping up now you would be a good person to answer this but people ask me all the time what is it with all the apartments what is it with all the apartments and i kind of have this well you know we get four thousand people a year and millennials are delaying home buying what what is the real what's the correct answer here well so many of these apartment complexes are uh, coming up that were planned to be single-family residential areas, and that kind of gets uh, the, the cockles up on the people that did buy their homes, um, thinking that, oh, well, all I'm going to see for miles is homes like mine. But uh, the developers are finding that um, there is a greater need for the apartments than there is for the uh, single-family residences. So they're they're switching gears and uh, and why is that i don't really know um people are well i do know there aren't homes to be bought <laughs> uh, there are today there are only 92 homes available to purchase and um there are 385 under contract but it's it's a frenzy out there to find a home to buy so a lot of people are uh, not living the American dream, which is to own a home. They're delaying that for a while to go find an apartment. Well, and, so you're almost saying that, that we're in a vicious cycle where people are being forced into it because they they can't buy a home, but somehow apartments can be built, I don't know, faster. And that's your choice. So there's fewer homes being built. So you're forced into an apartment because there's fewer homes being built and you have to be in an apartment, right? <laughs> I've had, I've had several buyers that gave up yeah, and, and went and rented. And, um, it's a sad state. 
uh, builders are building as quick as they can, but you know, supply chain and uh, not enough uh, land available to be developed has been a problem for a while. And the cost of uh, building a new home, uh, affordable homes are uh, almost a thing of the past as far as uh, some people's incomes. And, and uh, now we're getting interest rates are starting to go up. So, yeah, I, I don't know where this is all headed, um, but uh, we need we need more homes. And so the apartments popping up are uh, going to solve some of that solution. Yeah. Hey, does the way and the speed that Lincoln has grown seem predictable to you? Or does it seem like we're either growing too slowly or too fast? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think it's, uh, well, you know, with, with the COVID thing, it, uh, people can work from home. They can work from places that are not the inner city of Chicago and New York and, and we have a great quality of life here. And I think uh, fewer people are moving out to the big cities and uh, more people are moving into Lincoln and surrounding areas uh, just because, well, I was just complaining that things are not affordable, but compared to many other places, they're super affordable. So uh, Lincoln's a great place, and I think it's uh, uh, going to continue to grow uh and our housing situation is going to continue to be a concern. Now, you mentioned that a lot of our growth is east. Can you give some street numbers or some addresses? And I'm sure it's more than just east. <laughs> but, like, where what are the furthest reaches that you as a planning commissioner are seeing? Well, the planning commission also goes out into the county. And, um, in fact, the first uh, crazy day I had was my first day on the, the commission uh, was the solar farms. Right. And, and that was out into the county. Some of it was within the, the city uh, three-mile limit. But um, so, so we go way out. But as far as the housing, right now we're looking at about 105th Street out east on O. Um, and that's what happened is uh, the city would not go out there um, in the Stevens Creek um, watershed area for years and years, even though the developers wanted to, um, because they didn't have the utilities. They had to come from Adams Street or uh, someplace with the, the sewer. And so eventually the developers started from the north and east and started moving south. And now they're, uh, it's, the whole area is being developed. And there are developers that are still working on the, the, the far south. And we're out in uh, Yankee Hill and, and Rokeby Road and um, also out west uh, towards the... Uh, you know, just off of a hundred and uh, oh my goodness, what street? Hope you can edit this, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I know that there's quite a bit of development just uh, west of uh, Highway 77, also in yeah. in that area, and that might be what yeah, you're thinking yeah. about. Yeah, 
that that is and even north of that out toward their park yeah absolutely well thanks a lot for sharing with us what's going on rich it's kind of hard to wrap your head around especially if you haven't lived here and you come back for a visit (laughs) (laughs) true true that uh all all sorts of times i uh, get to hear people that are amazed at where they used to ride their horses is now uh, almost inner city. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rich Rodenberg, he is a realtor brand new on the Planning Commission, um, volunteers his time to do this. Thanks a lot, Rich. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks again, Robin. Coming up next, businesses opening, closing, and moving around. This city is my city, and I love it. Yeah, I love it. I was born and raised here, I got it made here, and if I have my way, I'm gonna stay, it'll be cold. It's Grow Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Welcome back to Grow Lincoln with Robin Eshelman and Dave Albers. You, this segment is possible because of the University of Nebraska-Lincoln College of Business. Frank Financial Concepts and Realtors Association of Lincoln. Sometimes our fans send questions to us, and Renee Wilson did. Um, she said, what is being built by North Star High School and Black Sands Apartment Complex on North 33rd and East Park Circle? So A couple actually, of different things, Robin, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. I had to drive out there because I have trouble keeping up with what's going on in that development. There's There has been a lot. Radiation Oncology Associates is the building she was wondering about, but there were some other things out there. Yeah, there was a dialysis center that was built not too long ago out, out in that area. Yeah, I didn't remember that being there. That's pretty new? Yeah, uh, within uh, a couple of years, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. And, and then there's a, also a warehouse that's under construction. We have a photo on Facebook if you would like to look at that. Robin, let's go to First in Cornhusker. And uh, we've got uh, a new restaurant opening. Las Gonzales, um, which sells burrito tacos, is giving up its food truck. And it's going in line. It's going to share space with First Avenue Lounge. Oh, yeah. I know right where that is, actually. It's right on the curve. Yeah. Uh, uh, going like if you're heading to, to the airport. To the airport. Yeah, yeah, and you start curving around, it is right there. And at uh, 27th and Cornhusker, uh, just off of that, I should would say, off the southwest corner there, where Harley-Davidson used to be, uh, Sarah Market is going in. Mediterranean food, is that Mediterranean right? Mediterranean Market is yeah. what folks Market. online I'm sorry, were, excuse me. Yeah. were telling me. Yeah. Well, so, that's cool. So, yeah, and that, like we talked about last week, a Japanese steakhouse, which is almost right next door to that. Right. It's called, last week we didn't know the name, but it is Oishi. Is that right? Oishi. I'm glad you got to pronounce that, Robin. Yeah, I was up and down 27th a couple times this week, so I did get to see that. Um, oh, there's another restaurant that is going to be, or this I think at, it's open already. This is at 56th and Highway 2. So we were on the north side of town. We we're just, going clear to South we're, Lincoln. We're jumping to the south side of About town. About as far away as you could be. Um, yeah, you know where the Ford is at 56th and Highway 2. Korea House was there, but they shut down. Yeah, they were in the strip center there. In yeah. the strip center near the fort. So now we have 
Mrs. Chen 56, and that is a Chinese restaurant that is open now. I saw their I saw their menu online. Well, that's interesting. Uh, and at a, around the 56th and Pine Lake area in Village Gardens at 5800, and I think they call it Headcoat. I think so. Uh, and this says Suite 200, and this is a building permit that was pulled for some tenant improvements on the second floor. And they mentioned that this were, was going to have two separate spaces, but one of the spaces was going to be going uh, to house be well clinic uh and they do some clinic studies clinical uh, studies is what we found what they do so this is not real far from the scooters at 56th and pine lake road is where this is and i thought that was interesting that it was a second floor space and hopefully i'm not misinterpreting the way the permit was read but it did sound like it was the second floor like an office type of uh location yeah pretty significant building permit for something you know two hundred thirty six thousand dollars. i mean that's fairly significant yeah yeah um our last segment we talked about expansion to the edges of lincoln and here is an example of that South 84th Street, Yankee Hill Road. So what you want to think about is Marilyn Moore Junior High. Is it Marilyn Moore? Is that the name or is it just Moore? Moore Junior High. I I think that's what it is, Moore. And Koppel YMCA. So go across the street to the west and imagine, if you you think about it, there's some some commercial buildings that have been... Um, under construction there, they're adding 39 acres and 82 more dwelling units and 65,000 square feet. That's like the size of a grocery store. Um, they're building a small grocery store, a small grocery store, but yeah, quite a bit of build going on there across the street from the Koppel Y. Yeah. And, and just, uh, to the south of that area at 84th and Rokeby Road, uh, 31, Point four six acres uh, zoning change from R five uh, change to excuse me R five to uh, have five hundred and seventy four apartments and townhouses five hundred seventy four apartments and townhouses yeah. and this is much like what our last guest talked about where uh, there's some significant uh, apartment projects going on now most of these will usually get phased in but uh, still yeah I I thought that was that's such an interesting conundrum we have going on. Not enough houses, so you go rent an apartment. So they keep building more apartments because there's not enough houses. Right. Oh, that's just blowing my mind. Well, is that all we have time for today? That's all we have time for, Robin. That's all for Girl Lincoln. Thanks a lot. And send your announcement about your business opening, closing, or relocating to us on Facebook or Twitter. Mm-hmm.